0: Welcome to another episode of the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. All right, this week's podcast is number six in our You Are Intuitive series. And this one is called Three Tips to Accelerate Your Intuition. And I'm going to give you a bonus. So, like we did talk about last week, Learning how to use your intuition, learning how to interact with it, learning how to control it and then trust it is a process. Um, There are plenty of people, you know, you and I included that we have our intuition and it sort of goes off when it does. And especially people in like um, the clairvoyant thing, what's that like medical intuitives, they just see illnesses in the body and if you were to ask them how most people can't explain the how they just do and so their life process is like learning to just accept that and not necessarily have a working answer for the how they are doing that and for me too i i experienced ghosts as a young person i experienced spirits i didn't know the difference when i was little uh, i could read people's minds when i was little and you know i didn't know I didn't know I was doing that. I didn't know not everybody could do it the way I did. And so there's just so many misconceptions about intuition in general. And then it it just feels very hard to find the whys. And I'm a seeker of understanding. And so just because I could use my intuition and just because I could predict certain things and just because, you know, just because I could see spirits, I was not, I was not happy with that. I was not satisfied with that. I really wanted to know the how I was doing it because I had no trust for it. And so I really want to talk, we've talked about the hows, you know, in in other um, podcasts in the series, we've talked about the how do you do it, you know, through your clairs. Your clairs are the language of your soul and your clairs are those clairvoyance, clairsentience, claircognizance, um, clairaudience and the the acceleration of using the clairs comes from repetition and it comes from in my experience I created a formula to to really ground my intuition in into my day-to-day life so I could slow it down enough to figure out the how was I doing it and my awakening, you know, when I really came to this work consciously, I'd read books, you know, I, tr- I sought mentors, I tried to get help, and it was very fruitless for a long time. But in 2007, when we moved to Colorado, I was ready, and I did find a good mentor. And when I, you know, so having somebody I trusted to talk to was just incredible, because up to that point, people were either really eccentric, or really took it down like a weird, road that I just couldn't go down with them. Um, so there's always this like eccentricness around intuition that I just could not relate to these people. And so I'd back away and just sort of assume I'll never, ever get help for this, but having a mentor and she was just a normal woman that did normal things and just really grounded my gift and explained back to me how how I was doing that like if we were in a group and we were doing a reading and I would just kind of like have an outburst of like your father was an alcoholic and he was abusive to you and you know just kind of it would just come out of me with such force that I had really no control over it which also scared me uh so I had to come up with on my own a how how she would explain how how I was doing that like she'd point out well that was your Claire sentience and like you're having an outburst because the information's coming through your body and then I realized I didn't necessarily have a voice at the time so it would come out really aggressively because I never gave myself permission to a know things about people b I didn't have a voice that was shamed out of me young. And C, I just didn't know how I was getting this information. So I didn't necessarily trust it. So it kind of just pushed its way out of my mouth. (laughs) And then like, if you're like me, if you have a lot of, you know, long patterns of getting in trouble for the things that you said as a child, you, again, you don't give yourself permission to allow intuition to come through you. So my life's work was to uncover Uh, the how we're doing this. And I'm a big fan of the why too. So if the why comes up during this podcast, I hope it comes up because I, I believe it's like, I can deal with anything if I know why I have to deal with it. Um, When I have a client in front of me that has lost a child, I've had to do a lot of explaining of the whys over the years. And so I just feel like if that's not something, the loss of a child is not my why, then everything else pales in comparison to that. So working with these people has really humbled me and really opened my heart and in such appreciation because of my why is not that, then I am grateful and I'm in awe of the many people whose why is a loss of a child. Okay, I'll button up that energy because I could talk on that, but that's not what today's podcast is about. So let's jump into the first one. The first one is the foundation and the foundation is, can you guess? Meditation. (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs) Everybody's a favorite subject. I know. So I want to just briefly talk about meditation. When you tell a person who doesn't realize, or maybe does kind of understand, but not consciously or, okay. If you tell somebody to meditate, if they tell you to meditate, and the last thing you want to do is to meditate, that could be a sign that you're a medium. So if you have like a, just, I can't meditate, I don't want to meditate, let that be a possible cue that you might be a medium. And here's why. So (laughs) people randomly telling people, okay, mediums to just go meditate, is the biggest nightmare scenario for us because we have a lot of coping mechanisms not to see ghosts and not to see spirits. And we kind of actually have an unconscious way of going about the world with our heads down and our collars up symbolically. You know what I mean? We're trying to hide. Many of us were like invisibility cloaks, right? We don't want to be seen. And so when you tell a, a medium to just go sit there and meditate, actually it really turns our our mediumship light way on and what happens is what's happening to you possibly if you ha- if you are knowing what I'm talking about mm-hmm. is that you go to have this quiet space to connect to God to connect to guides to connect to yourself and all of a sudden the room is full of the dead right either higher vibration or lower you don't know I mean it depends on your location it depends on you it just depends on so many things that I think is a good podcast. I'll make a note. Maybe we can talk about that at, an, at another time. And I don't want to complicate this. I just want to make sure I honor those of you that are mediums that when I say to you, okay, meditation is the foundation to accelerate your intuition. If you have that like visceral, eh no, that's a cue that you're probably a medium and you don't want to because it actually... Enhances your mediumistic light and the dead know it. (laughs) Okay, let's just honor that. Okay, that's on the table. We're conscious about that. That's what's happening. But what you can do, whether you understand it, whether you comprehend it, whether it's conscious, is just to have the intention that if there is such thing as the dead, you know, if I possibly am a medium, just play along, right? Consider it. Just have the intention that there is no absolutely you know, we ask the angels, please release and remove any and all the dead, you know, that's a general term with the, we're implying again, higher vibration, loved ones or lower vibration ghosts. Cause some of us naturally carry more of the ghost realm. And some of us naturally carry more of the higher, you know, the crossed over the people in heaven, if you will. This time is for you. So we're really setting that intention, absolute purify this room of all entities and energies that aren't mine. You know, we're just releasing, removing, we're clearing and purifying the space we're sitting in because our deep intention is to connect with ourselves so that we're pure enough and we're slow enough and we're breathing and we're connecting to the higher vibration. We're connecting to the higher realm of guides and if you want to, I mean, obviously always have that intention to connect to your creator, God, creator, however you say that. And we're we're really, you know, even if that's scary for you, I mean, some people don't have the authority yet. You know, you don't feel like you have the right to say, okay, everybody out of the room and okay. So that's just where you have to start. It It is the place to start. To This is a place to have some authority with your voice, to have some authority with your intention, to allow the angelic realm to help you purify your space so it can be calm enough and quiet enough where it's just you in that room and heavenly beings, if you prefer, you know, standing guard and, and keeping watch over you and keeping this high loving vibration around you so you could do the work of being still enough and quiet enough to experience your intuition, which is experienced through those clairs. Okay. So you are going to have a clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient, claircognizant experience in this moment. So just be aware of that. We're front-loading this. Okay. So this is another one of my secrets. I, when I was setting the intention, again, I come out of the world of like, there's no such thing as angels, even even when I was little, I saw them, but you know, you convince yourself, you're just making it up. So at the beginning of this practice, I needed to have, create more of a belief system that I was guided and I was being protected. And so I went to the store and I got spirit cards, not tarot cards, but spirit cards. So this is my little secret, <laughs> I see this working so successfully, and it completely changed my life. So you get more of like angel cards, or like saint cards. So mine, I think was like an early Doreen Virtue deck of angel cards, and um, mystic cards, something like that. Yes, yes, if you know about Doreen Virtue, I'm really sorry about everything that Is going on here, but it's not my place to stay, and I won't go down that in this particular podcast. But you're getting cards that are like, you are loved. Um, you know, even if they're like about health issues, like, you know, eat better, or you know, we're talking about cards that have really positive, high vibrational, kind messages. We are not talking about cards that are like, have better boundaries and, uh, you know do something different and nothing that's sort of aggressive or shame like can kick you into shame and nothing that is instructional either it's just kind of like high vibrational messages and so i would take those cards and i called them kind cards cuz there was again no shaming no direction no like watch your boundaries you're being a jerk type card but i would pull two cards and the first I when I was pulling the first card I would ask who's with me. So again, angels and saints, these are good, right? So maybe I would pull like a Mother Teresa card. And then the second question I ask when I'm pulling the second card is what do I need to know? And I'd pull the card and then I would get a journal, which is the second tool. A second tip to accelerate your intuition, you're going to be working with meditation, you're going to be working with that journal, and you will be doing grounding. Those are the three tips to accelerating your intuition. And I am just breaking each of them down for you to understand the why to motivate you to want to do that, (laughs) to have a practice to, to experience your intuition so it is not willy nilly and you don't have trust for it okay, so I would just write in my journal the who's with me, I'd write down Mother Teresa and maybe the what do I need to know, um, maybe the card would be like, you are loved, you know? So maybe... I just write that down. You are loved. And then when I say meditation, what I am really a fan of is doing some like 10 minute chakra clearing meditation. That's what I did. That's what I teach. That's what I do. It's also really good psychic hygiene. It's good energetic hygiene because you've asked these questions and you're in set the intention that you're in high vibrations, not low, you're in high and you are taking each of the chakras. And so, you know, purifying each chakra, releasing and grounding, you're honoring this part of your spiritual being. Okay, and then you're clearing it, which is just another bonus. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend a meditation. I'm working on one myself, because I think it's important that it's short. I mean, there are like 40 minute chakra meditations. And I guess that would be okay. But I don't know a lot of people that have time for 40 minute meditations, i.e. you would just not stick with the program, (laughs) you not stick with the plan. But we can all allow ourselves, you know, 10, 20 minutes where 10 of that is chakra clearing. And then maybe it ends with like five minutes of just instrumental, beautiful music. This is what I consider psychic meditation. Questions? chakra clearing and five minutes of just space where you really do just observe what you see clairvoyance, what you feel clairsentience, what you know, claircognizance, what you hear clairaudience. You know, this is, this is where all of my intuition to open for me. It was just 15, 20 minutes a day. Um, I would, I would just, This is how I experienced my, my birth guide. This is how those images I, you know, I really told my mentor, I'm not clairvoyant, can't do it. And she's like rolling her eyes at me, you know, but I just didn't understand what that meant. And so when I would have visions and images of a being standing in front of me and she had the same outfit on every day, she had the same hair, you know, it wasn't a family member. So with time I, I had to acknowledge she was standing in front of me. And then with time I would, I would, she would like say stuff to me and it literally did take a long time to understand that was not my thinking voice. That was a voice outside of me. And and this is like 15 minutes of magic. you not in the cliche way, but like really in a, uh, a, it helped me overcome that belief system that I'm alone or this is too complex or I'll never be able to do it. Or I don't have the gift or the skill or the talent. And so we, the second part the second tip to accelerating your intuition is that journal make it as utilitarian and simplistic as you want to or make it beautiful it does not matter what matters is that you want to pick it up and and um you know put it in your hands and use it um the journaling part is that you then write down with no judgment what you experienced either in the entire 15-20 minutes of meditation or in just that last five when you were observing were you seeing somebody did somebody you know and love keep coming to your mind you know you just journal that um there was one time I just and again maybe your grocery shopping comes up and if it does so then write that down too who cares like don't judge it and if that sort of active part of your brain keeps coming into meditation if you can allow it in my experience with other people is that eventually that part will start to go away and it will make space for you to experience your clairs so really just to not resist it not to fight it not to beat yourself up if in the five minutes of quiet music, your shopping list comes up, your to-do list, you know, again, write it down. Maybe you just, maybe there's some information there. Intuition can also be very practical. So we do not dismiss life, um, life stuff that comes up because it's all the same. You know, whether you're talking to a guide or you're planning another menu, let it be the same in that moment. Don't separate them out and judge which is good and which is bad. Just let it be. For the time being. And then maybe you can get into the habit of writing grocery lists later. (laughs) Maybe that's the wisdom in that moment. Who knows? So this again, we've talked about it in other podcasts, but this journal is that roadmap for you. And that roadmap accelerates your intuition because this is what makes it real for you. There There were times in my life I kept a journal right? So my time in New York City, I kept a journal. Thereafter, I took a journal. I actually had the most like incredible things happen to me in New York City. But because the journal was also full of all the bullshit I went through, I later threw that away. And 20 years later, I'm sad that I threw it away because those memories feel like almost like they didn't happen. Because I can't go back and look at my journal to, to remind me what I was thinking and what I was feeling in those moments 20 years ago. So when I, again, I was a reluctant meditator because nobody told me you're a medium and there's some resistance because I also had a really bad attitude about journaling because it felt like another freaking thing I had to do. But I, I overcame the both of them where the journal is not just pontifications and it it is a roadmap for you when you're out in the world and you just kind of have a knowing about somebody and this knowing turns out to be true in the next 10 minutes you go home and you write that down you write it down you know you create a map you you connect the dots in this journal you witness how you're experiencing your intuition in this journal you're you're becoming a spiritual scientist where you are curious and you record the results, and eventually it it creates a picture for you. So I can tell you, you know, and I do, I train people how to organize their intuition, how to access it, how to trust it. You know, I do that. But I can only say so much. There are some things you have to experience for yourself. I cannot explain to you how you're, I can go, you're being clairvoyant how are you experiencing that? Oh, you just knew it. That's your clear cognizance. I can do that, but you're the one experiencing it. So it's so important that you yourself write down how you saw the being. What did they look like? What did they do with their head? You know, did you hear a message or was it like so much pressure? Pressure equals too much talking. And you over time, you know, I teach my students to tell the spirit to slow it down, slow it down, slow it down, because they're often in a higher vibration. But maybe again, maybe you don't remember that that too much talking from a spirit actually feels like pressure in your body, because you can't keep up with it. So that's, that's why how I want you to look at it. That's the second tip is to get that journal. And it is, it's how you connect your dots. It's your Spiritual scientist journal. This is how it becomes real for you because you're slowing it down enough to pay attention. Um, I'm wanting to use like the metaphor of love, right? Like we in our culture, especially, we have like, oh, if you loved me, you'd do this. If you'd love me, you'd do that. A lot of love is like doing. And in my life, I realized love actually has even though I wish it did, it has very little to do with doing because a lot of people that I deeply love and that deeply love me don't do anything they should. (laughs) That's another conversation, but, but, um, to be in touch with the experience of love is knowing it's an experience. It can be in the body. It can be that claircognizance where you just know this person loves you and it's not because they're proving it. If you know what I mean, like people very rarely prove their love and sometimes they're disconnected from their love for you, maybe until after you're gone, right? Like, so I, I think that metaphor of experiencing love is a very personal, very personal experience. I know that there are people that are very cruel to me that actually love me and maybe love me more than they know what to do with. And so they do weird things because they're uncomfortable with the love. So love is an energy, And it can be very black and white. And that is the sort of abstractness that our intuition works into. Um, You can, yes, have a spirit standing in front of you or a ghost. And that's a fact. They're there. You can describe what they're wearing. You can describe their hair color. You can see their mannerisms. But sometimes clairvoyance is remote viewing somebody's farm in 1850, you know, in Ireland. Like you're crossing the ocean and you're just, you're seeing these images and you have to have known somebody that can validate these images. Otherwise they stay in that sort of abstract, uh, realm of fact. Like we maybe can't prove it. Like we have to have somebody prove that part not to get carried off on something else, but like a a colleague of mine turned me on to the dead files with Amy Allen. And the reason this show just keeps going and going, going is because she does all her medium work and her partner, a detective, does all the evidential part. and so you you come together with this information that actually matters. And then she gives them tips on what to do to help often their house. you know, that's usually the location she's trying to help them in. Um, so So I just I, I want to just acknowledge that there are there are so many aspects of intuition that feel abstract. And this 15 minutes a day can bring it into real life, tangible, moment by moment um, experience. So it just becomes more real to you. Okay, one more like, like with love. A lot of marriages, there's actually tremendous love there. But people are maybe disconnected from that. Maybe they just saw that their parents showed other people more attention and affection and yet they love their children more right but they didn't they weren't shown that so they do funny things not to get off on a long tangent about that but that is what we're talking about here where your intuition is there for you and it's it's you can control it you can trust it you can experience it in every moment and yet you can in this moment have you can push it away, or you can shut it down, or you, we can get in the way of it. So these moments of meditation, controlled asking, this is where you learn to ask questions to your guides. A 100% of my students come to me not knowing what the next question to ask is, either the guide or the spirit that's standing in front of them, and they don't know what else to say. <laughs> they don't know what to do when maybe the spirit is like, showing you an image of your client in a little dress when they were a little girl and you don't kind of know how to move past that. So really in these moments, this is where you also find your voice to learn to ask questions to make your intuition more real for you. And finally, our third tip is to ground so this is another thing that a lot of sensitives have like a rejection for <laughs> because we're really comfortable sort of out in the sky and up in the clouds. And a lot of us don't want to come back to our bodies. Um, so we just want to put that on the table. These are behaviors. So many sensitives have, especially if you are a medium, the last place you kind of want to come back to is earth in your body because you feel like the spirits can find you. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Not really. That's actually what's happening, but, um, so, okay, I've become a big fan, <clears throat> excuse me, I've become a big fan of 10, 15 minute grounding meditations where like literally I'll go to my Apple, um, what is it? Apple music and I'll literally write in like grounding meditation and there are a few to choose from and you know, again, nothing much longer than 10, 15 minutes. Okay. Grounding can be in a meditation. Grounding can be going for a walk or a run. Provided that you try to bring your attention more to the walking part rather than the out in the ethers part. Um, Grounding can come in cleaning the house, uh, vacuuming dishes, you know, your hands are in the water, these types of things. Like anything you can do to get into your body which is where your source of wisdom is (laughs) which is where you reside if you can stay in your body you have more sense of protection more sense of control more sense of reality when you can stay grounded and so you know i would have scoffed at that early in my actual uh, training sorry about that um because it's just really frustrating to tell a sensitive to ground feels very abstract and super pointless but I'm after all the things I just explained that it's just good psychic hygiene it makes your life more real it makes your feelings there for you it brings in your intuition because it comes through your clairs which do reside in your you know it's safest to use it if you will while in your physical form (laughs) does that make sense right we're here in the third dimension if you will and we are experiencing it right here, right now. And so this is where we want to be. While grounding in, it's kind of like this image. I love this image of right the tree where you're grounding down to the earth, because this is where we happen to be right here, right now. But your clairs are the, you know, the leaves and the upper part of the tree. And it's just, it's a united picture. It's congruent when you are residing in this tree, you have all the things there to, to ground you, to protect you, to make it real for you, which I think is so important for intuition. Otherwise it stays in sort of that abstract who gives a shit realm, abstract, if that's not what I said. So again, grounding meditations, going for a walk. Uh, there are some days I like take my little dogs out for a walk, like three times a day, just, you know, around the block. Cause I'm having maybe a really hard time just staying in my body and not just time traveling way too much. You know, especially if we have, um, if we're going through something on the trauma side, right? Like I've had family members with COVID up in Montana and, I, I give myself over to being, to being there energetically, to being there psychically. I'm checking the spirits. I'm doing that. I can only really sustain that for a week. And then I have to come back to my body and my life. I have to reground. And so my family, it's going on months now that, the, that, that, uh, a family, a few family members of mine have been dealing with COVID up North and To get back was grounding meditations and several walks a day. And that's just the way it is when you're a sensitive and your sort of instinct is to go out of your body and try to do life from there. That's not sustainable. So I just want to give you that little tip to get you to really healthy. I love to call it psychic hygiene because that's what it is. Our energetic bodies take as much work as our physical bodies. There is just a lot there that needs attention to be a a wonderful experience for us. Okay. I want to share one more tip that's a bonus for you. And you might be guessing because you're psychic. (laughs) So my bonus tip to accelerate your intuition is to get a mentor. Oh, I know you're probably, when I, when I told the story of my own struggles to find, trying to find a mentor, was it was literally like a, oh, I probably started to actively look when I was like 15 and I did not find a mentor till I was probably a decade, right? I was like 24, 25, 26 years old in that time I would had been seeking and in that time it was just not the right person of course not the right time but nonetheless our intuitions doing what it does to us whether it's the right time or not so just a you know a couple things to look for a couple things to look for would be Somebody who passionately wants to explain your intuition to you. Somebody who understands that, uh, you you know, I would get in groups with people, let's just say in my intuitive group that I got into, there would be somebody, there was a, like a woman there that lost her son. That's why she was in the group. And I was coming from a very different angle where I was born this way and needed to help find it. Right. Like she didn't really experience a lot of stuff until she lost her son. And then it was like all hands on deck. And so how that looked for us over the next six months to a year was she just got the information and went out there and tried to help other parents. Like I got more information and then just like still wanted to hide. And I still wanted to shrink down and it was still just overwhelming for me. And, to have this conversation of like when we have things to overcome that awakening can take longer because again we've re this isn't new to us we've just refiled it under we filed it under a lot of false tabs and we have to bring these tabs back up and refile them and then create the habit of putting them under the appropriate title where somebody else is coming to this work like I need to tell all these people how they can talk to their dead children like The point is, is that you have to have a mentor that understands your personal journey because you're going to have your own resistance. You're going to have your own blocks. You're going to get in your own way. And I have a lot of students come to me having endured mentorship from a person that was kind of nasty about it, right? Like it was more like, if you don't sit down and do this, you're upsetting me as if it has jack shit to do with the mentor. I mean, it does, right? We want to invest in people that, that are ready for the investment, but oh my God, you have your own history. You have your own patterns and behavior. And dare I say, you have your own past lives. So it can take you an entire lifetime to just kind of heal this part of you. So when you're looking for a mentor, there can be no judgment. They You want the, you want them to also kick you in the ass. I mean, I care enough about my students to, to remind them how serious this is for them. Some of them more than others, obviously. And if, you know, I have a client that has come to me because her daughter's cutting herself and she's cutting herself because she's surrounded by... Uh, you know, just to not put that on your lap, but like some things that are like going on, I'm talking to psychics, so I'm trying to use my words carefully so I don't have you remote view that, but that's a critical moment. This mother needs to do certain things and she needs to do them now, right? So a mentor that can take you where you're at, that cares enough about you to push you, but also respects you enough to, to take your particular journey seriously, and to not judge it, but really hold your hand where you happen to be. And if it takes a few times coming back to the work, then it takes a few times. Um, Somebody that is actually active with their gift. Um, They are actively training people. They actively use their intuition. It's not like a past thing they used to kind of do sometimes. You want to have somebody that is willing to invest their time and energy into you And to really actually care whether these dots connect for you or not. Okay. Um, Yes, I try to do it on my own. I read books for years. But there is something about another person looking you in the eye and reminding you of acknowledging the burden of it at first, but, but constantly reminding you of where you're going so that it is just one of the most joyous parts of your life because it can be because it is if i have a student come to me that is always scanning out for the ghost realm i'm i'm honoring that and we are organizing that and we are gaining learning control around that but that is not the ultimate destination for her the ultimate destination is the higher vibrations so that when she starts to scan Cause she, that's what she does. She remote views constantly. She's scanning for the angelic realm, the, the supportive realm, the life affirming realm, not the dead. And then I have no control. And then like, what's the point? Does that make sense? I hope so. So these are the three tips, meditation, journaling, and grounding that accelerate that intuition and transformation can come through getting mentorship, with somebody you trust and respect and somebody that inspires you. Oh, to be inspired is such a wonderful thing, isn't it? I remember, I don't know why I want to share this, but (laughs) when I finally found my normal mentor, uh, not so normal, right? She'd recently lost a son. He was shot and killed. And though she had been doing the work before that, um, you know, she this work was very important to her for all the obvious reasons. And I would just love to watch somebody do what I do, um, and watch how she mirrored back what I look like. You know, our eyes do interesting things when we are searching for information and it was just, she would do public shows and, she helped show me this gift in such a beautiful light in such an inspiring way in and i've had many parents uh let's just say colleagues that were in training with me that couldn't understand why why i was so shy and so scared to put myself out there um you know i had one of my colleagues say who had lost a child like people like me need people like you out there so when we're recovering this gift when we're organizing it, when we're opening up to controlling it and trusting it and loving it, we're remembering people that, that guide us along the way, you know, to humble us. Like if you're a medium and you're destined to help bring messages from people's loved ones on the other side, that's an honor, right? So to have somebody help you see your gift through the lens of joy and help and transformation and vulnerability in the most beautiful way is an exciting thing. So I could carry on, but (laughs) I'm almost 40 minutes in. So (laughs) I hope that um, these three tips just really help accelerate your working relationship with your intuition and your trust for it and your joy with it. So I will talk to you hopefully next week. Um, And it looks like next week's podcast is, is troubleshooting. So we're going to talk about some of the things that can come up that get in the way of clear, concise, precise guidance. I'll talk to you then. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, go to my website at katesinclair.com and take the quiz, which Claire are you? Until next time, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.